What a great God he is. We love the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you this morning. We've been in this You Must Be Born Again uh, series for the last couple of weeks. And we started out in the first lesson, of course, the whole need for new birth. Why? Because of the sinful nature of man and the fall of Adam in the garden that brought sin into the world. And, of course, we came in under that. So God made a way that we didn't have to reap the wages of sin, but we could have the gift of eternal life. And we thank God for that. And then we began to go through you know, the, what we see is uh, God's plan for redemption and salvation in the scripture. Uh, last week we talked about repentance, how important it is to make that decision to turn and, and walk in another direction, to, to turn away from things unlike God, but turn to the things of God and, and uh, repent of our sins. And Lord, that's not me anymore. That's not my life anymore. And doesn't mean we don't stumble, slip, fall, make mistakes. Uh, that happens, but the decision is that I want to keep walking this way. You know, when David, when David sinned against the Lord, he didn't say, well, you know, I messed up, so I just want to quit being the king. I just want to quit worshiping God. He said, no, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew. When you renew something, you know, it's like renew this. The thing I had before, renew it. Renew a right spirit within me because I don't want to be cast away from your presence and I surely don't want you to take your Holy Spirit from me. So, so he, he, his desire was, even though he failed, was to keep walking with God. And so today we're going to talk about um, being born of water. In uh, John chapter 3, a couple of verses here. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Jesus is speaking with Nicodemus. And I know that... Uh, these scriptures for a lot of us are, you know, we've studied them and read them and we know them well, but, uh, you know, we need to be reminded of the importance of God's plan and the new birth because Jesus, uh, the, the language that he used in speaking with Nicodemus uh, indicates the importance of what he was saying. Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except... So this has got to happen, in other words. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus says unto Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Of course, even Nicodemus knows that's ridiculous. Any grown, sane person knows that's not going to happen. But his lack of understanding sent him to the extreme. You know, what are you talking about? Because the only birth I understand because I've been born of the flesh is I understand the fleshly birth. That's all he understood. So Jesus answered and says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we must be born of water. Let's Let's pray for the lesson this morning, for God to just open our understanding again. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise that it gives. And Lord, let us hear what you're saying today. Let us understand it. Lord, let us get a, a revelation of it that we can share this great new birth with other people. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 
Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated and God bless you. Uh, the gospel, Paul said, is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. And uh, we're going to see some things about believing here in just a few minutes. But uh, when I think about the gospel, I, I think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and when I think about that, I think about how is that applied to my life. Repentance is death. Baptism is burial. And then being filled with the Holy Ghost is new life. That's the way I, I look at it. That's the way I believe that they uh, show this in the Scripture. And once I hear the gospel, what, what is the response? That's the th a thing is that when I look in Scripture, what was the response of people to the preaching of the gospel? Because you know, people respond to things today in different ways. And that's, that's all right. You can, you can hear a song and some people will be like, oh, and other people will be like, that's my jam. Yeah, I mean, and you can, and that's all right. It's all right. You know, you can, some people you can say, hey, we're going to eat Indian food for lunch. And people are like, I'll see you later. And some like, I'm going with you. It just depends on what you like. But to the gospel, there can only be one response that works. You can't just say, well, I heard it, so I'll be all right. We must, uh, and even believing the gospel is not enough. We must receive, and we're going to see this in a minute in Scripture, we must receive those words. Because you, know, you can believe something, but to receive it is to accept it. But then there must be obedience to the gospel. For the Scripture says, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? So we know that uh, there is a story. There is good news. Thank God for the good news, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once uh, Jesus had risen from the dead and was ascended and the day of Pentecost was approaching, and of course when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the outpouring of God's Spirit, according to the prophet Joel, uh, that God would pour His Spirit out on all flesh, Peter stands up and he begins to preach now, in the church age, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he preaches, of course, not from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He's preaching from uh, the prophets. He's preaching from Isaiah, from Joel, from uh, the Psalms. He's, he's preaching the things that um, he had heard all his life. As Paul had told Timothy, he said, even from a child, Timothy, you've known the scriptures that would make you wise to salvation. So the scriptures they knew were Moses and the prophets. That's what they knew, and it could teach them about Jesus. Even Jesus said, if you believe you have eternal life in the Scriptures, he said, well, search the Scriptures because they testify of me. And so the whole book points us to this one Savior and how we must be saved. And so in uh, these sayings, while Jesus did walk this earth, he, he related many times uh, keys and, and little insights into what was coming uh, never fully uh, telling them exactly what it was. Sometimes it was a mystery, but it was at the end that he opened their understanding. But to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. You must be born of water and the Spirit. And that is what began to happen on the day of Pentecost. There was already baptism going on. John was baptizing. 
in the wilderness, had been baptizing in the wilderness. Jesus and his disciples were baptizing. Jesus didn't baptize anybody with water, but his disciples did. And they were already baptizing unto the, the baptism of repentance and uh, the forgiveness of sins. But uh, Jesus came and died and sent the Holy Ghost back. And now this is the new church age. Amen. There is a, a way, a plan of salvation. And Jesus said you would start preaching this in Jerusalem. But not just there. It would go to the othermost parts of the earth. It wasn't going to just be contained in Jerusalem. And it was not just for the Hebrew uh, nation. And in the book of Acts, as we go through that, we will find Philip. Good old Philip, the evangelist. And Philip was actually in Samaria. And, of course, if we think back into Scripture, or you remember Jesus encountering the woman at the well in Samaria, and she said, uh, why are you talking to me? Because Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But these people now, these disciples, had realized that God was doing a work, and the church was being added to daily. God was doing something great. And so Philip finds himself in Samaria, and uh, this let us know that it wasn't, again, wasn't going to be contained just to the Jewish people in Jerusalem, but it was going out. This gospel was going to be preached everywhere, and Philip was preaching Christ to the Samaritans. And in Acts chapter 8, after he had preached, we're going to read what happened and what their responses were to the preaching of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 12, but when... They believed. Somebody say they believed. All right, they believed. Now, they had already had spirits cast out. They had healings and miracles. All kind of things were going on in that city, and it said, and there was great joy now in that city for what was happening. So they, they, they had faith, and they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, what did Jesus tell Nicodemus about the kingdom of God? Except you are born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Philip was preaching things concerning the kingdom of God. You know what concern things? That means things associated with it. You know what's associated with the kingdom of God? The new birth. And so he said, so they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. When they believed it, they were baptized, both men and women. That was their response to the preaching of the Word of God. And then there was a man there named Simon. It said Simon, he, was, uh, uh, he, he used to use sorcery and do some things in that city, but he was now hearing this, this gospel and it says, And when Simon himself believed, he believed also, and when he was baptized, he believed, and then he was baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But it says, Simon himself believed also when he was baptized. He continued with Philip, and he wondered, beholding the miracle signs that were done. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. See? You can't just believe it. You've got to receive it. You've got to accept that. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 and verse 31, and verse 41, I don't know what 31 is, uh, 41, um, it says that 
and they that gladly received his word were baptized. You see a pattern here for the church, for the believers, for those that are hearing the preaching of the gospel, that when they received the word, not just believed it, but received the word, uh, they began to respond to the word and they were baptized in the name of the Lord. He says, so uh, when they, the, the apostles heard this, they sent Peter and John to Samaria for a reason. It says, when they came down, they prayed for all these believers that had been baptized that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So there are people that will tell you today that as soon as you say, I believe in Jesus, that you automatically receive his spirit. But the, the scripture doesn't teach that. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't make their faith any less wonderful or great. Now, don't ever think, well, that makes them less. No, because Jesus said, they that believe on me should receive it. They should receive it. And so, uh, but a lot of people quench the spirit. They believe in the gospel. They believe in Jesus Christ. believe he's the son of God. They believe all those things. And that gift is for them, but they stop it. Some people stop it because they, they don't believe it's real. They say, oh, I don't believe that's real. I believe it was for them on that day, but it's not for us. So they, they don't even seek it or ask God to fill them with it. They, some people have been taught that it's of the devil. That's a, really, that's a true doctrine out there. People teach that. So, uh, but in Samaria, they had faith. They had believed. They were baptized. They received the word of God, but they had not yet received the Holy Ghost. Verse 16 says, because up to this point, for as yet, the Holy Ghost was fallen on none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. And so that's being born of water and born of the Spirit. We must believe. We must trust God. We must believe He is the Son of God. And we must believe in the plan that He has for us. But there must be a response to our belief in Jesus. And that initial response is that we would repent. When the men in Jerusalem heard Peter preaching the gospel, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, no exceptions. Nobody gets to say, well, that's not for me. He said, this has to happen uh, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. And the scripture says, Simon, he saw this. Well, he saw people receiving the Holy Ghost. There was a sign following. We know that uh, that when people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that initially they speak with other tongues. That doesn't mean from that point on they walk around just talking in tongues all the time. But they do receive that gift, and once they receive that gift, they begin to speak with other tongues. And uh, Simon saw this, and, it, and it, it, it thrilled him so much that he wanted to buy that gift. Hey, give me that gift. I can lay my hands on people that they would receive the Holy Ghost. But uh, that's another we may get into that next week when we talk about the Holy Ghost. Right now we're talking about being born of water. So we see that as people begin to go out and preach the gospel, this is what they preached. They preached Jesus, and then the response was to be baptized. Well, how did they even know about baptism unless the preacher said something about it? It was part of the gospel that, uh, as you believe, that's why Peter in that great crowd of people, he said, be baptized, every one of you. 
because this is important. It's not just some kind of celebration that we do to say, hey, look what I've done. This is about our soul being washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We need to be born of water. Philip has a very uh, unique encounter in this same scripture because in the midst of this revival, the Lord says, I need you to go down and take off across the desert. There's a guy riding a chariot, and I want you to go talk to him. And so he does. Philip goes and he finds uh, a eunuch uh, from Ethiopia. He was under, uh, under uh, she's not in here, but Queen Candace. And um, I didn't know she had any servants, but hey. Uh, but he had charge of all her treasure. I'd like to know where that treasure's at. Yeah. But, but anyway, he was, I'm being silly. I'm going to straighten up. Uh, he was uh, riding in this uh, chariot, and he's reading. He's coming back from worshiping in Jerusalem, and he is reading the prophet Isaiah. And while he's reading these things, the Spirit tells Philip, go near, join yourself to this chariot. And as Philip, I, I don't know what the eunuch thought. I don't know if somebody else was driving, if he was just driving. But here's this guy flying across the desert. Because if you're catching a chariot, I mean, you're moving unless Philip's pushing the chariot, and I doubt he was because he was reading. So, But he's reading this scripture, and the place that he read was in Isaiah, what we would call Isaiah 53. Uh, and it said, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before a shearer, so opened he not his mouth. And he was reading these things about Jesus, but he didn't know who he was reading about. So when Philip catches him, he says, Do you understand what you're reading. And he said, well, how can I, if somebody doesn't explain this to me, how can I understand this? He said, because I don't know if the, the, this man is writing about himself or about somebody else. I don't know what he's talking about. Verse 35 of chapter 8 says, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He didn't preach from Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He didn't preach from John 3, verses 3 through 5. He was preaching from Isaiah 53 about Jesus. He preached unto him Jesus, what Paul would say, I am determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. He preached the gospel. And while they went on their way, they came to water. And the eunuch said, well, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? His response to, to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ was, when I see water, uh, hey, what's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, then you can. So again, belief must be followed by a reception and, a, and an obedience, an act. We must do something about uh, there must be a response to this gospel. We must be buried, as Paul said in uh, Romans 6, we must be buried with Christ in baptism. And so Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And since Philip had previously been baptizing people in the name of the Lord Jesus, there's no reason to assume that he baptized him any other way. Um, and then, of course, they come out of the water and the spirit fell. Now, it doesn't say anything about the eunuch 
being filled with the Spirit. Uh, I know that most likely he, surely he was because the promise is unto him. He believed, now that he believes on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then that promise is for him. It did say the Spirit was so strong that it caught Philip away, and he didn't even see him anymore. It'd be hard to imagine someone not being filled with the Holy Ghost in that kind of atmosphere, <laughs> but, but um, I'm not going to tell you either way because I don't know for certain. It's not in the Scripture, but that doesn't change what Jesus said. We must be born of water and the Spirit, and so we can make the assumption that he was filled with the Spirit at a later time that he did have the Holy Ghost at another time. So to be baptized uh, means to be dipped, to, to be plunged under, uh, to be immersed or covered wholly with water, not sprinkled. Nope, not sprinkled. Uh, I saw, and you've heard me say this before, but I saw a news story one time. They were having a mass baptism in this city, and they had a fire truck with a water cannon on top of it. And we're spraying it over the crowd. And there was a guy up there, you know, telling them they was all baptized now. You can't commercialize, you know, the plan of salvation. And, and, and hey, and I'm going to say this, that that doesn't mean that those people there weren't earnest about what they were doing. I don't think they were there to mock God. I think that they were doing what they were being told by their priest was acceptable. And, hey, that's faith. That's faith. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. But everybody doesn't always come straight to that. They, they come from, a, they may have been baptized previously, but then are baptized according to Scripture. And as we've seen so far, people are being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In uh, Acts chapter 19, Paul found disciples of John, and uh, he's found them and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we have not heard if they be a Holy Ghost. He said, well, then how were you baptized? Well, we were baptized by John. Paul didn't say, well, that was a waste of time. He just said, well, John baptized under repentance, saying you're just supposed to believe on the one coming after him. Paul began to preach Jesus to them. When they heard that, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, the neat thing about that is, is that these men were baptized the exact same way as Jesus because John baptized Jesus. But even they knew that I've got to be baptized again in the name of Jesus Christ because there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name means salvation. And uh, so when we're baptized in his name, it's for salvation again. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, he said, the Lord said this, Go in all the world, preach the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to every creature. And their response should be this, If he believes and is baptized, he shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now that's what Jesus said. Now we have seen already that in Philip's revival, that people, when they believed his preaching, they were baptized. When the eunuch believed, he was baptized. When Paul's, those disciples in Ephesus believed, they were baptized. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people that day, it said, uh, were baptized that day. Uh, and 
because they gladly received the word. It says, and they were baptized. And it says, and God added to the church daily. Baptism is part of being added into the church. It's part of it. We must be born of water and of the spirit. That is God's plan. Uh, and we must follow his plan for baptism. Baptism is foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Uh, in the days of Noah, uh, even uh, the waters of Noah's flood are, are likened to baptism. First uh, Peter says, he was talking about the days of Noah. He said the spirits were sometimes disobedient when once they waited or once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing, few souls, that is eight souls, were saved. They were saved by water. The like figure, or in the same manner, even baptism does also now save us. So baptism is part of salvation. And if baptism is part of salvation, then I, I think I need the name where salvation rests. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So uh, also um, in uh, Colossians 2, verses 10 through 12. Did I give you that? Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Circumcision is related to baptism. It says, are you complete in him? Talking about Jesus. You're complete in Jesus, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. So that circumcision of our heart uh, comes into play when we are buried with him in baptism. That's just Old Testament stuff pointing that something else was coming. And then in 1 Corinthians um, 10, verses 1 through 4, I may have, yeah, I may have this here, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 4. Uh, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers, he's, he's talking to the Jewish people, all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual meat, and they all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, baptized is mentioned there, that they were baptized in the midst of the Red Sea unto Moses, but what did Jesus say about, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink? And, that he, and he, that's what he was talking about when he was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's in John chapter not 7. John chapter 7. And um, so in John chapter 7, Jesus stands up. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Well, Christ stood up and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he said, with this he spake of the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't poured out yet because he wasn't glorified. He was just letting them know it's coming. Well, after they were all baptized in the midst of the Red Sea, they also drank from the rock. You see, that's the, the image of new birth, baptism and being filled with the Spirit. God has always had a plan, and he's been revealing it bit by bit, piece by piece, on the way to the day of Pentecost. The one name... 
There's one Lord. Who's Lord? Jesus. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38, Jesus said, be baptized. Uh, Peter said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, after Philip preached in Samaria, Acts 8 and 16, he baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 10 and 48, when the Holy Ghost fell at Cornelius' house, it says they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Uh, in Acts 19 and 5, those disciples in Ephesus, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then in Acts 22 and 16, when Paul is recounting his uh, conversion, uh, he said, Ananias told me, why are you waiting? Why are you tarrying? Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he, when he was baptized, it was in the name of the Lord. A lot of people, you know, don't that phrase, to call on the name of the Lord, Paul wrote about this in the book of Romans, and they say, well, all I've got to do is call on the name of the Lord and be saved, but that's a misinterpretation of the Scripture. That's an oversimplification of that Scripture. The first time you will ever hear that phrase will be in, now you see it carried out many times in the Old Testament where they would call on the name of the Lord, but you see this in uh, Joel where he said uh, he, that if any man, when they call on the name of the Lord, they would be saved, they would be delivered. Well, the next time you see this is when Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost and he says, uh, talking about the outpouring of the Spirit, this is that prophesied by the prophet Joel, uh, that God would pour his flesh or spirit out on all flesh. And he began to go through that and he said, And they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then the next time we see it again is when Paul's talking about this is what happened when I was baptized. I went down in the water calling on the name of the Lord. So when calling on the name of the Lord is a reference to being baptized in the name of the Lord. It's backed up by the scripture. And so uh, that's what he, he said for us to do. That's why Paul said, you know, he, he put out a long list, a long dirty laundry list on us. He said, and such were some of you, but you are washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There's, there's, it, it doesn't come through any other name. We've got to have the name of Jesus applied to us uh, we've got to take on that name in baptism because that's where the washing comes, the washing of water. And so we're washed in that water. The blood is applied. The sins of the past are, are, are removed from us. And we're raised up to walk in the newness of life. We're filled with the Holy Ghost where we are baptized into this one body by one spirit. It's where we receive the spirit of adoption. We become his children. The spirit itself bears witness that we are his children. But today we're talking about baptism, water baptism. So water baptism identifies us with Jesus in his death. And let me back up and say something about Paul. Because Paul, uh, of course, he had his conversion. We know how he, he was baptized to fill with the Holy Ghost. And then he, uh, we see him with these disciples in Acts 19. And he says, here, again, let me just recount what he said. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So he's asking them, have they received the Spirit of God? Well, we hadn't even heard if there'd be a Spirit. So his next question, if you haven't been born of Spirit, then I got to wonder, have you been born of water? Well, we were baptized under John's baptism. He could have said, oh, okay, well, then we're good. Let me go ahead and let's pray and let's see if you receive the Holy Ghost. But instead, he said, well, that's great because that's faith. 
and you believe. But John said, believe on the one coming after me, Jesus Christ. And so he preached Jesus to them. They heard that. They were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He laid his hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues. So they experienced born of water, born of spirit. And here's the thing. Paul did not hear Peter preach on the day of Pentecost. He wasn't there. He didn't talk to anybody. When you read his account in Galatians uh, chapter 1, he says, the gospel that I'm preaching to you, I did not get it from man, but I got it from the Lord. He said, because when I was changed, he said, I didn't go up to Jerusalem and see everybody. He said, it was three years later that he went and spent a few days with Peter after that. But he was preaching the same thing that Peter and all the other guys were preaching. And he said, I got it from the Lord. So the Lord is not going to lead us astray. This plan is laid out in the scripture. And so we follow what they did. Because they, they were first person eyewitnesses of what was going on. Why would I, even so many centuries later, think I could change what the plan is? I can't. And so, but you never, this is not a point of arguments and fightings. And it shouldn't even, you know, even though we might believe it different than some other people, we should not fight over it and, and let it cause contention and make us, because again, there are still the, play, the points that unify us are, are great. We believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and we build on that, and we begin to talk with people and share with people, and maybe just like that eunuch, they just need somebody to explain it to them, to show them in the Scripture, because maybe they're reading it, but they don't understand what they're reading. I didn't understand it. I had to have somebody show it to me and, and teach me, and, and of course then uh, through prayer and searching, the Lord confirmed it. And uh, so this new birth, born of water, is part of it. It's part of it. Again, it's not just, hey, let's, let's just, you know, and I, I get it. A lot of times, especially with kids, they, you know, uh, we have young people here a lot of times, and, man, they, the Lord gets old of them. They're, man, I want to get baptized, but I'm going to wait until my grandmother can come from South Africa and be here. When she come in three years? Oh, no. No, let's just let's just FaceTime her. Let's do, you know, no, but what, you get what I'm saying. They're like, and I get it. You know, you'd love for your loved ones to experience this with you and see this, but that eunuch it, that inspires me so much that he's just like, <laughs> here's the water. You know, what's stopping me? I know I've got friends, I got loved ones, I got people at home. I, I, I'm going to tell them about it when I get there, but if I've got the opportunity, I'm taking it now. Because I don't know what tomorrow holds. And I don't want to say, well, I heard it. I even believed it, but I didn't obey it. It's that serious. It's that serious. We need to obey the scripture. We need to do it. And we need to do what uh, God says. And he said that we should be baptized, every one of us, in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, except we're born of water, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I want to enter in one day. I want, to, I want to enter in there one day and be a part of this great kingdom. I'm trying to make sure I've I got a few minutes left. I said I've got about eight minutes, so I'm going to finish up. So we're baptized in his name. 
you know, when the Lord in, in several different places as he got ready to leave talked about this. And to me, there's nothing more plain than in the book of Luke. Of course, he said in Matthew 28, 19, you know, told, he told them, go make disciples and, and, and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. And, and that, a lot of times people will say, well, you see, that's what Jesus said. And I would rather obey what Jesus said than what Peter said. Well, number one, the gospel of Matthew was written years after the book of Acts. Years later, the church was already baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ. That's, you find that in every Bible history book, in every encyclopedia. If you look it up, at the first century church baptized people in the name of Jesus Christ. They were not making a mistake because the Jewish people you know, there was no trinity at that time, so they weren't tripped up by that. That didn't bother them because they understood that the Father, to them, represented Yahweh from the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is God's, as you would read in the Old Testament, the Lord's Spirit or Yahweh's Spirit. They knew that was that. Well, then they also, once they believed in Jesus, they realized that all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. God was manifest in the flesh. The angel told them at his birth, he will be called Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. And when he was born, they called his name Jesus. So the name of God with us was Jesus. Jesus himself and his disciples. Think about now in uh, Matthew 28 when uh, Jesus says that, he had just told them, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he could have just said, hey, what's my name? Well, you're Jesus. All right. Well, guess what? I'm Jake's father. If you've seen me, you've seen his father. What's my name? Yeah, I got a name. Hey, that's my mom. You know what else I am? I'm a son. And there's just one of me standing here. And I have a spirit. Because the Bible says a body without a spirit is dead. Well, I'm, up, I'm talking. <laughs> I, my spirit's still here. And you see one vessel with one name. And God created man in his image. And guess what? I can respond in the same sentence as a father and a son. Because I have the authority to speak as his father right now and to speak as her son right now. I don't have to be three different persons. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. Amen. Everything that God is was in the person, was in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the Jews were not tripped up by that. They knew what Jesus was saying. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. It's all in, it's all in him. It's all in him. And so they understood, again, because they weren't looking at New Testament writings. They were looking at the Old Testament writings. They knew, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. Yahweh is one. Jehovah is one. He's just one. And this is the one, this Jesus is Lord and Christ. Well, to them, you know, because we're reading in the Greek with them, well, he's Lord and Christ, that it's different. But no, what they were hearing was that he, if he's Lord and Christ, he's Yahweh in the flesh. That's what the Jews were hearing. They were hearing, this is Jehovah come in the flesh. But see, when, that's why Paul was wise enough to write to us, 
don't be spoiled by philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and not after Christ. He said, because in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And so he knew that uh, when they heard Jesus say that, that's why nobody, none of those disciples there tapped Peter and said, let me pull your coattail, preacher. Uh, that ain't what Jesus said. That's exactly what Jesus said. Because he opened up their understanding. But now, now, uh, now I got to get with it. Luke uh, 24 and 47, as Christ is getting ready to ascend, he, he tells them, this is what you're going to preach. Here's your preaching right here. If your preacher is not preaching this, he needs to. And I preach this, so you're in good hands. But he said, and that repentance, this is what Jesus said. I want you to go preach repentance and remission of sins in my name among all nations and start in Jerusalem. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, right? And so Peter, it says, devout men from every nation were in Jerusalem. And what did Peter preach? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So Peter was good at preaching what Jesus said to preach. Right? Jesus said, preach repentance and remission of sin in my name. And so Peter wasn't misquoting the Lord. He was simply bringing the revelation home, telling his people, this same Jesus is both Lord and Christ. Well, what do we do? You repent and be baptized in his name because that's what he told me to preach. And so he preached it in his name. And it says, and they that gladly received the word were baptized in 3,000 were baptized that day, and God added to the church daily. God was added to the church through the new birth experience. And so our, our decision on the gospel, you know, it, man, it's one thing to believe it. Oh, man, I'm so glad I believe in who he is, and I believe in what he did, and I believe in his blood and the power of it. But I'm glad I obeyed. And I, the night I got baptized, I was the only one. My mom, dad, brothers, nobody was at church with me. There weren't cell, wasn't no cell phone cameras. Nobody was videoing. There's not a single picture of my baptism. There's no Facebook post about it. There was no social media. There was nothing. But when I come off the altar that night, this pulpit was sitting in, in that church, and my pastor was standing right here, and I came right to him, and he leaned down like this, and I looked up to him, and I said, I need to get baptized. He said, when do you want to do it? I said, right now, because the Lord might come tonight. I need to go. And so it was January. The water was cold. There wasn't no heater in that baptistry anyway. That water was cold in the summer. But, but I knew right then and there that God had moved on my life and moved on my heart and, and let me know he was real. And when I believed that, my response was, I've got to go to the water. I've got to be baptized in his name. I, I need these sins of my past uh, to be washed away. And many of you can attest that when you came out of that water, you felt that difference. You felt, okay, I know that was just a, that looks like a clean, clear tub of water, but I'm telling you, something happened when I come out of that water. Something was different when I came. And it wasn't the water. It was your faith in Jesus 
and your obedience to be buried with him in baptism. Amen. Let's stand together. We must be born of water. We must be born again. And as we head toward the day of Pentecost next week, next Sunday morning, we'll be talking about being born of the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, so I thank God for that plan. And, you know, the thing about it is, is it's in here. It's not in some addendum to this book. It's not in some piece of paper or archive that somebody else thought up. It's in this book. The book that we go to for all of our problems, to be inspired, to be encouraged, to learn more about him, it's in this book. It's in here. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the command to be baptized is, is in there. So I'm thankful for the word of God and I'm thankful for the plan of salvation. And I don't know in here, but if, you, if you're in here today and you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, there's water in the tank. Yeah, and uh, you can do that today before we leave this place. Man, I'll, I'll meet you right now. We'll go right now. I'll, I'll walk in the water in this suit to, to baptize you in Jesus' name. I got another one. I can change. Uh, whatever we got to do. But I'm telling you, that's God's plan of salvation. And it's right here. It's right here. It's the gospel, and it's the power of God and the salvation. Let's pray.